On today's episode of Ticket to the Draft podcast, we got Smooth Watch. Smooth Search. He's not here. Where's he at, Jason? I don't know. I don't know. He's on his way. Yeah, but while we're waiting for him to show up, does he come, Zach? I, we got to see. Ooh, we got to listen, all, he's on we gotta listen yeah. to the whole episode to find out. But on today's episode, we are going to trade back or not to trade back. What are the pros and cons of trading back in the draft? And if we bypass quarterback, with that second pick overall. And then this is it. Mock battle. Selby and maybe Smoot will be here. See you wins. Find out right now. Welcome on into the Ticket to Draft podcast. I'm Logan Paulson here with the infamous Zach Selby and Jessica Guy Jason. And if anyone I knows this, I know Jessica Guy Jason is kind of incognito. If anyone recognizes him at the store or something, just go up and say what's up to him. Give him a handshake, hearty hand clasp. No one's gonna recognize me. I want this. To, I want this to be a thing. Like you know, no like one's make, gonna recognize me. I have yet to be on camera. I know, but that's, that's why. Purpose. But like, but like, let's say you're ordering I'm a some little food. Bit moji. Let's say you ordered some, like, order some food or something. Like, man, that voice. That's the voice of an angel. I recognize that from somewhere. I know that draft content. And then, yeah, I know that anywhere. And it's like you're yeah. just a guy, Jason. If that happens, we got to get that. Yeah. So. Because I just walk at. around constantly going, "Ugh, chop Robinson." No, <laughs> no, thank you. And then, unfortunately. We're missing. We're, we're a fallen soldier right My now. My assistant GM is assistant GM. MIA. And we've, we've tried to contact Fred. No, no, no comprendo. No. Nothing yet. So he's not here. So what we're hoping for, just for some great podcast content, is that he calls in the middle of us doing this and says, hey, man, I thought we were at 10 o'clock or something like that. Or he comes in mid, mid process yeah. and says, Zach. Let me save this draft. This and I'm like, pick. no, we've no. already got he's, it. He's the closer. <laughs> yeah, he's the closes yeah. it out. Yeah. Um, but just a reminder, reminder uh, Ticket to the Draft is presented by SeatGeek, the official primary ticketing partner of the Washington Commanders. And we got a fun show today, Jason, right? Yeah. Uh, the mock drafts, everybody loves them. So loves them. Getting ready to go to the combine. But before we do, uh, we have to, at the number two pick, we have so many options. And not just who we pick at number two. But things we can do in that spot, such as trading back, which yep. is something our fans in our comments have been talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why not just trade back? This is a loaded draft at the top, and it seems like in talent. So let's stock up, especially since we need we need a lot of players. We have a thin roster right now. Sure. So what do you guys think about this trading back situation? Would you do it if you're the GM of this team? I mean, I would definitely consider it because everything I've heard is the top half like of this. Like any good gym. Yeah, like any, yeah, you're, you're going you're to pick up the phone, right, <laughs> at least. Um, but I think, you know, from what I've heard about the top half of the draft, is it's pretty top-heavy. There's a lot of really good talent there, especially on day two. Um, my only caveat to it would possibly be you have a chance to – hopefully you never pick at number two again, and you have yep. a chance to get a franchise guy. So you have to weigh franchise guy you can get to keep on your roster for 10 years versus – having a lot of really good players to have like surround your guy surround your roster with whoever the guy is coming up next. Right. Yeah. No, I think like um, to that point, I think you look at the Philadelphia Eagles and the way they did it over the last probably four or five years, accruing mm-hmm. first round draft capital, kind of always being ready to take that quarterback. Ultimately, Jalen Hurts is their guy, but one of the reasons he's able to be their guy is they have one of the best rosters sure. in football, right? Brock Purdy in San Francisco, same type of thing, right? Accruing draft capital, hitting on picks, building through the draft, one of the best rosters in football. So I do think there is a lot of advantage to saying, hey, man, we can make kind of a, a quarterback-proof team. You know, the Baltimore Ravens for a long time with Joe Flacco, the Steelers back in the day, um, uh, Seattle did the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Young quarterback, uber-talented roster, because one of the things, obviously, is, uh, you know, the more talented football players you have, the less lifting the quarterback has to do. 
The question is, though, like how close are you to that ideal roster sure. construction? And I think that's what becomes a little bit interesting is like, you, you know, we need probably two edge rushers, probably one in free agency, one here. You need a, probably a starting corner. You need a starting safety. You need probably improvement on the offensive line. Like how far or close are you really with this roster? And, you know, you got to hit on some of these picks. And I think that's the other thing about the trading back strategies. Everyone says, oh, trade back, get more good football players. Mm-hmm. But you got to hit on the picks. You got to develop yep. those guys. They got to fit your uh, fit your team vision. So I'm a huge advocate of trading back. However, I agree to your point, Selby, that like I want to trade back. I want to get more good football players. But also, the most important position in all of sports is the quarterback. So if I, if there is an opportunity for me to get that guy in this draft, mm-hmm. like, and I got I got to love my evaluation. Yep. Like even if I'm a little wishy washy, like oh I don't love this about Drake May or Jaden Daniels does this or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I feel comfortable trading back, or the, or the price tag that the team is willing to give me is so comprehensive. Let's say it's four first round draft picks. That's a franchise changing proposition. Sure. And you're trading usually with a team that's going to have a young quarterback. They're going to be picking very high. You're just increasing your likelihood that you can get that guy in the following year. But, you know, if it's like, hey, man, we'll give you two firsts and maybe a second, I'm good. Like, I'm good with what we got here. And in terms of my evaluation, this is something that I would probably be reluctant to do at this point because mm-hmm. I think. All three of those guys are pretty good football players at the top. Watch three. Um, Caleb Williams, uh, Drake May, and Jane Daniels, I think, are pretty good. And, again, they all have their warts. They all have their issues. But I think the baseline talent is there for them. So I would say, like, I don't want to miss that opportunity unless the, the packaging. Well, and you have to trust your evaluation, right? Because yeah. say you, for whatever reason, you don't like any of those three. And you say, oh, we actually think Bo Nix is, yeah. is our guy. So... Yeah, I mean, if and you feel like you can get him at like eight or ten yeah. or something like that, then you're like, yeah, sure, we'll take we'll take what we think is our franchise guy. We actually have a higher, a better evaluation on, and we're going to get some extra 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 picks on this. You have your cake and eat it too in in that case, but that doesn't very ha- happen all that often. Yeah, and I think there's a reason. Like, you know, everyone says trust your evaluation. I also think you need to kind of you need to be aware of the consensus. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is like if you or like Jack Jason and I we do our big draft board and we were rating. Um, defensive ends the other day. And we go through and we have like a little conversation about it. I'm not that high on Braswell, the defensive end from Alabama. Like I'm not that high on him. But I'm not, my hubris isn't such that I'm going to ignore what everybody else thinks. And everyone else has him as like the sixth guy. He's like my 10th guy. So I've kind of got him in red, basically saying I got to watch this until I see something that makes me understand why he's the sixth guy. You know what I'm saying? What I have learned is like it's it's so easy. You can outsmart yourself so easily in the draft process. Yeah, and there's like, let's say, and with him, for example, like he's a good football player, but like there's something about the athlete that I'm not in love with, but Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean he's not going to be a good pro, right? right? And that doesn't mean if he's getting the right situation, he's not going to be a good football player. So that's where I'm always like, don't, you can, you can be an outlier. You can say, this guy's my guy, but you should always be aware of what's going on with the consensus because when, you know, 200 people are looking at something, like usually they, you know, it's the same thing like with Wikipedia. It's like a weird example, right? Yeah. Like you tend to get the right information on Wikipedia just because like so many people are going to the site and viewing mm-hmm. it. Right. So I'm always like, trust your evaluation. Yes. But also make sure you're aware of what everybody else thinks and why they think that I think is the sure. other thing I would point to there. Yeah. So that's why I think with the quarterback conversation, you know, I, we're going to talk about this more in a second, but you get the top three guys. And I think that's a pretty significant step back, but mm-hmm. you are going to be able to find a guy somewhere on the internet who says, 
Bo Nix is my number one quarterback. You, you're going to be able to do that. And yeah. I don't agree with that guy. But there are guys that feel that way and who, who are very confident. That, oh, that they're way. always so convinced <laughs> that this is the steal of the draft yeah. no matter what. J.J. McCarthy is flying up draft boards. Right yeah. Now, yep. But that, that makes it's a crazy. little bit... Make, that makes a little bit more sense to me. We'll talk about that because, you know, Selby's got, got some big decisions here at eight I do. in this yeah. draft we got coming up. So, Well, let's talk about Drake May a little bit because our last pod we did a lot of quarterback talk. Sure. And it was my favorite part listening back to the oh, podcast. Yeah. But you were talking in the production meeting how you wanted to talk about Drake yeah. May. Why, why do you want to bring him back up? Even though we're not going to draft him here because he's going to be gone. Right. Because mm-hmm. we're trading back. But. Yeah, so I think the thing with Drake May is like, and everyone thinks like your draft evaluation is done. Like I've watched Drake May, I've watched my four or five games and I'm done, but I'm always trying to keep going on a prospect, right? Like, yep. for example, like, because some people don't like Jane Daniels. Why don't they like him? I want to see what they see with regards to that. And I want to see what people see when they see the very positive in him too. So Drake May, like PFF, for example, and, uh, you know, Daniel Jeremiah, that's their number two quarterback, definitively. They, they think it's Caleb Williams, Drake May, and then there's like a tier, Jaden Daniels, and then tier to like Bo Nix or J.J. McCarthy, whoever. So why is that? And so I went and found like a best of throws from 2023. And when you watch that dude's best throws, it is, it's amazing. You know, it's, it's yep. high level, big time throws, guys hanging on him, moving up in the pocket, delivering over the middle of the field. Really, NF, you see an NFL player. And I think that's the thing about him is like, and you said this in the production meeting, it's like, what can he, or you said this, Jason, what can he do? Don't focus on what he can do. Don't focus on what he can't do. But the quarterback, it's a little different because when you watch a game of his, it's like there's this bad miss or he takes a sack he shouldn't. You're like, oh, what's going on here? But I just wanted to point out that his high-level throws are absolutely fantastic. His ability to extend plays, find those guys, kind of that, that playmaker back there. It's not, it's not Herbert, it's not Josh Allen, but it's a unique skill set that kind of is trending in that vein. Mm-hmm. And I see why people get so excited about him based off of those really, really high-level throws. I think that's something that, you know, when you're doing your evaluations, you should always do is say, like, people say don't watch highlights. I think you should watch highlights. I think you should watch a highlight. You think you should watch a low light. I think you should watch games because it helps you kind of flush out, again, that idea of what you can do well. And it's just a reminder to me that this dude is uber, uber talented. In, in his own way. And like, are there inconsistencies? Yes. But like you said before, everything's a projection, but his high, his high throws, his big time throws are absolutely exquisite. And it gets you excited for the type of player it could be at the next level. Well, and I, and I mentioned earlier, you, know, you can outsmart yourself so quickly in the draft, but like, and you mentioned how you always want to keep watching film on certain players, yeah. but at some point, is there, is there a point in, in any evaluation for any player where you're like, I'm not, I'm, maybe I'm watching too much. I'm, I'm seeing sure, things that I'm not seeing. That's, that's a great question. And I think there is some of that, you know, but I think when I'm, I think when there's, when I'm unsure on a player, I want to watch more. Mm-hmm. Like, so usually when I'm watching all 22 film, I can get a feel for the player. Like, this is not like typing myself up. I've talked to scouts about this too. You can get a feel for a player in about 40 snaps, like how they move their instincts and you just watch more to kind of make sure you've checked all the boxes. So like when I'm really rolling on the combine guys and I got the all 22, especially the back end of those guys, I'm like, I get who this guy is. And so I don't have to watch a ton of them, but mm-hmm. with quarterbacks specifically, cause again, like Drake may is a perfect example. You see him make a throw that not many people in the world can make, right. but you also see him with bad misses kind of boneheaded mistakes. And so it's like, I gotta, I want to kind of peel back the onion on that guy and mm-hmm. say, 
who is he? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, what kind of guy is he? It's the same thing with, like, Patrick Paul, the offensive lineman from Houston. Like, his film is not great. Exposes his chest. He's not very technically sound. But you see a lot of like, the, the frame. You see some of the other, like, the strength. You Ooh. see this, so that gets you really excited. Right. So, when I first watched him, I gave him, like, I think I gave him, like, a fourth-round grade, fifth-round grade. But then you go to the Senior Bowl. Guys are talking about him there. You're like, I got to go back and watch him some more. And so then when you watch him, you you know, you let the play run a little longer. You see he's finishing down the field, right? And you see a guy who's passionate about the game. Mm -hmm. Marry that with the frame. And you're like, okay, I kind of understand why people are so high on him. Because I kind of thought he was being lethargic or lazy with his technique. Mm -hmm. I just don't think he's been coached very well now. So that, that changes my perspective. And that's something if I went back to it, I wouldn't have seen it. You know, if I hadn't yeah. gotten back to it, I would have seen it. And so, again, that's where it's kind of – Leaning on the consensus board, leaning on that, all that other stuff is important because I don't see everything. That's why these guys, these scouts here at the building, they're meeting this week or they're meeting last week to kind of make sure they're all on the same page with the evaluation. You hear them walking around the hall, man. They're like, oh, man, I'm really glad you brought up that point because I hadn't thought about that with this player specifically. And that, that's, that's, why, that's why communication and consensus about this process is so important. And that's why with quarterbacks specifically, I think it's important to go back and be like, hey, you know, what, what am I seeing here? How do I quantify this? And how do I value this? And I think people who want to see, who, who look at the high-level stuff of Drake May are 100% right, man, because it's really, really good. But I'm also like, when you're trying to, when you're trying to like um, categorize players, mm -hmm. right? And you say, well, what, what about Jaden Daniels do I like a little bit more? I felt like there was a more consistent playmaking ability to his game when you watch him week in and week out. But again, that's why he's the best player in college football. So it's kind of like, you know, sure. how, how do you weigh that out? So And, you know, I, I kind of posed this to you earlier, but how much do you value things that you can't necessarily coach versus things that you can coach? And for me, I, I think yeah. I kind of value that a, a little bit more because in you know, finishing blocks for an offensive line, like with Patrick Paul, like, I, that is huge. And they're yeah. giving on, especially like on backside zone stuff, like that, could, that play could always, that block could be the play that kind of sets, sets something up. With quarterbacks, for example, like I was mentioning to you, you know, the, the play that Drake may have against Pitt where he's fighting yeah. off a, a, a defender, throwing a touchdown in the end zone. Like that's stuff that you can't normally teach. Like, yeah. and there's a lot, of, and I, to me, that gets me excited and shows that he's never going to give up on a play. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's a, and those are great points. And I think for me, like a good example is like defensive backs, like Taron honored, for example, the DB from Alabama. Mm -hmm. He's like, he's a guy that you're like, he is going to be a good pro. Like where his ceiling is, it's hard to determine, but he's at least going to be a baseline pro, not because he's great in coverage because he's a very willing and aggressive competitive tackler. So I know there's a guy who's not afraid of the physical elements of the game. He wants to get after it. He's got that, he's got that energy and that juice. You see him get up, he's fired up. And when you compare that guy to Wiggins, the cornerback from Clemson, for example, Wiggins is a much better coverage player, but is not a passionate tackler. So how much do you love the game? And that's where you get to it. It's like when you see Guyton finish on the backside cutoff, you're like, that's that extra little bit of juice or a receiver that blocks in the run game. Because you're really splitting hairs, right? And we've talked about this receiver class a ton the receivers are excellent in this class. Yeah, They're fantastic, sure. right? So how do I differentiate the guys? And it's the stuff that I can't coach, mm -hmm. the mindset, the measurables, right? And th that's, yeah. what, that's what kind of moves guys up and down. And so when I see, you know, Ricky Pearsaw absolutely crack a linebacker on a run, I'm like, that, that dude's a dude because he runs good routes, he catches the ball well, and he's got this extra little bit of salt, mm -hmm. extra little bit of seasoning. So that's a Logan Paulson type of player. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's the type of stuff. And, it, and it's different for every position. So like with a quarterback, for me, it's like, are you going to stand in there when the, when the pressure's coming, take this hit, and mm -hmm. deliver the football down the field? Like everyone talks about Jaden Daniels taking big shots. I understand that's a negative, but I see a guy who's hyper-competitive sure. and wants to win football games. And so 
I want to put, I want to bet on that guy. And I'm hoping that I can reel him back in those certain situations. But I think that's one of the reasons when you watch him against Missouri, when you watch him against Alabama, when you watch him against Florida, like he wants to win the game. And I was sometimes when you're walking, watching Jane Daniel or Drake may, it's a little bit like, oh, the pressure's here. I'm a little off balance. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. He's still got that competitive juice. But you see the big moments, and you have yes, to say, yeah. you have to, you have to ask yourself, as you know, whoever your the evaluator is, like, how much do you think taking those kind of shots on a player who can make plays those that you don't normally see in the NFL is it worth it over maybe someone who's not as maybe technically gifted or maybe does some of the things you don't necessarily like right now because he could develop into something more. Yeah. So someone, I was talking to a scout the other day and this was the most interesting thing. I said, Oh man, I love that this guy, we were talking about some receiver does this man. And yeah, I love that he plays teams. And he said, mm-hmm. important thing is don't overvalue that. Right. Yeah. Because that, that, that guy has a floor, a very high floor, mm-hmm. but ultimately like if you're picking it high in the draft, right. You're chasing ceilings. Right. So I think a great example is Johnny Wilson, like Johnny Wilson, is an inconsistent, he catches the football inconsistently. There's times where he does great stuff. He shows a good physicality, but mm-hmm. his ceiling is innately higher than this other player I was talking about because you can't coach six, seven with 35 inch arms. Like nope. you can't do it. So like, I'm going to pick him higher in the draft, even though he's a little bit less consistent than this other football mm-hmm. player, because I'm chasing a ceiling. It's like the same thing with, who are we talking about? Um, Dallas Turner, right? Yeah. Athletically, his ceiling, the edge rusher from Alabama, his ceiling is so much higher athletically than Latu Latu. Even though Latu Latu's floor is so much higher, so much higher than his, the ceiling is not even close because you're dealing with a guy who's going to probably run a 4-4-4-5, hyper-explosive, hyper-bendy, kind of mm-hmm. a less polished Von Miller. And when you get that comp, you're like, oh, gosh, we got to take a shot on that guy. That's why he's at 8 and, and uh, Latu's at, like, 15. You know what right. I'm saying? Because... You're cha- you, you do this every year, chase ceilings. And I'm not saying that's the right thing to do, but ultimately, because you said this, and Jason, you've said this too, it's a projection business, right? So who's going to project the best of the NFL? And I want to bet on some of these things I can't coach, some of these physical traits as opposed to the film. So when you look at someone like Drake May, sorry, I want to... No, no, yeah, yeah. no, sorry, because, we, got, we got all over the place there. No, sir. no, it's all good. So when you're talking about Drake May, right, and it's like, or and comparing him to Jaden Daniels, like oh well, he takes a hit because he's competitive, but he's 190 pounds, yeah, right. Like so, he's not going to put more weight on. No. So you're really betting that we're going to coach this guy to slide to control that competitive edge. Where when you have Drake May, that dude does rumble around, yeah, and he's 220. So like he's a little more durable when it comes to that. So where do you weigh that, right? Yeah. Where it's like, okay, this guy just wants to go out and ball, yeah, right, and we love that, but he's got to know who he is. Versus this guy's not gonna do that, but like he's got the body to withstand it when he does decide to do it. Yeah, and I think and Zach, you can probably speak on this too. I think that is where having the coach, having the coaches in place to understand mm-hmm. the player is yep. so important. Because like when I look at. Jaden Daniels, and again, you're trying to separate, you know, their, you know, six, what is that saying, uh, half dozen and one, six, whatever the, that expression. Six and one half dozen. Yeah, yes, there, there you, you go. Thank yeah. you, yeah. Um, and so, like, I look at that, and I'm like, they're, they're really similar. They're really good football players, right? But they all have their warts. And so I guess for me is, is I look at, again, it's the ceiling. I think if you have a running quarterback, a guy that, I, I don't know how fast he's going to run, but, I, you know, some people have thrown out numbers, people who are privy to their training regiments and times are running in training right now that Jaden Daniels might run a four, three, like think about that or not uh, Jaden Daniels, right? Yeah. I said that right. Might run a four, three. And so when you think about that, you're like, 
I want that piece in my offense to do that. Yep. Because think about what Michael Vick could do to a defense just with his legs, yep. right? And think about how that regulates coverages and think about Cliff Kingsbury with, uh, you know, uh, Kyler Murray, right? That's a dynamic piece. Now, also, Drake May, I like the way he rips the football, man. Especially in, like, mm-hmm. big moments, he rips the football. And, again, we talked about the inconsistency with him, but his ceiling is there. So it's like, it, basically, we're looking at the same pictures. Yep. we got all the same details in there, but I'm going to focus on something a little bit different. And the other thing that I keep coming back to with Jane Daniels is – and again, how transferable this is, I don't know, or how consistently he can do this, I don't know. But he just, when his team needed plays, he delivered. Like in the big moments against big opponents, he delivered it. And there's, I think there's value to that too. You know, I think he's competitive. I think he's tough. You got to kind of reel some of that in. And I'm not, that's not to say Drake May is not that, but I just thought there was a more consistent level of excellence in those big moments. And again, it's a college football season, what's 14 games, 15, 13 games, something like that? Yeah. Not a lot of games. So you can get hot for 13 games and mm-hmm. be awesome. Is that transferable? Drake May's done it for longer, so maybe that's more value there or whatever. But that's where it's like we're looking at the same things, and I'm going to poke, poke at something different. You might say, I hate that he gets hit all the time. But I'm like, he's a competitor. Or Drake May, like I love that he sticks in the pocket and does this left-handed throw with a guy on him. It's like, I don't love that decision-making, but he's making plays too. So it's just like, it, you, mm-hmm. you can look at the same thing and come to different conclusions. And that's where we go into, look at the positives over the negatives. Right. right? We can all look at what they don't do. Right. But look at what they do do. Like, so you could say, <laughs> do do. You could say, <laughs> you could say Jaden Daniels, right? Well, he's small. He takes too many hits. But you're saying, well, he's a playmaker. Yeah. So that's the way you want to, yeah. you want to veer. Right. right? View like, it. Well, and I think it comes down to, one, trusting your coaches to do two things. Trusting them to put the players in the best position to win. Absolutely. And two, trusting your coaches to help fix, like, elevate some of the issues sure. that they've had. So you take Jaden Daniels, for example. Like, you say he's 190 pounds, but, like, are you gonna are you gonna trust him to do the same things that you would ask Drake May to do, where who has like yeah. forty pounds on him? No, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna put him in, put him in position to you let him use his athleticism, use his playmaking ability, but also hey like slide, learn how to slide, yeah. my man. Like learn how learn how to maybe avoid hits, learn mm. how to do some of these other things. And I mean, you, again, like it's all a projection, right? So you have to make sure that you're you have to make sure that you're you're allowing your players to do what they do while mm. also not put, not putting them in a in a position where they can't do some of the things, right? I mean, every, yeah. every player has their limitations, so you have to figure out what those are, and you have to figure out how much it's really worth it for you to take a chance on that guy. Yeah, absolutely. And I gotta go back to you know talk about looking at the same picture. Like Drake May has all these different throws, right? He's got comebacks, goes over the middle stuff, deep ends, deep digs, extending plays, throwing off balance, and then when you look at you know, Jane Daniels big time plays, it's really just like box fades. Box mm-hmm. fades to some guys who can absolutely rip it in terms of uh, Brian Thomas Jr. and Malik Neighbors. Yep. So you're like, is he is he too much of a one trick pony? Did the offense insulate him too much? But so there's there's pros and cons, man, and I think it's about kind of ultimately deciding and that's why again I go back to this all the time, is I go back to the interview process that's about to take place and if I hit it off with Drake May mm-hmm. and I'm Cliff Kingsbury. I'm in there. I'm like, this is this, this guy's a dude. I'm probably going to draft that guy. And that's yep. where that interpersonal relationship becomes so, so critical. So um, again, it, I, I think fans think, Oh, it's definitively one guy or definitively the other guy. Just remember they've got good traits, man. Mm-hmm. Both of them are excellent football players. It's just about kind of narrowing it down and saying like, we're, we're picking it, picking at straws at this point. You yep. know what I mean? There's not, 
There's no right answer. It's just about who's going to fit this team the best. And the reverse is like, how coachable are these guys? Yeah. How, how willing are they to take coaching? Because yeah. how many times have we seen a player who has just phenomenal talent? Yeah. And they have a really great rookie year, and then they just hit a wall. Yeah. And they are just they're willing to just say, okay, I'm going to rest on my laurels because what happened last year is going to work again this year. And surprise, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think back to Robert, you know, and like how they had a plan for him here. You know, how Kyle and Mike mm -hmm. had a plan. And that plan changed, you know, partially because of Robert's perspective or whatever. Yep. But, you know, it's it just shows you how important coaching is in terms of maximizing talent and mm -hmm. how important that like that that personality of that kid has got to be so so important as well mm -hmm. to kind of say, oh, I'm I'm going to keep growing. I'm a student of the game. I love football. I'm always hungering and yearning yearning to get better. Because like you know, when you watch Arizona film, for example, Kyler Murray is tremendously gifted physically yep. and athletically. But how, like, what is his drive to be the best, you know? And I think that's always coming to question, you know, like with the study things in his contract, you don't want to have to put that in for your guy. And that's where, again, we're doing talent evaluation on this show. That's where the scouting becomes so important. Yeah. That's like when I go talk to the janitor at um, LSU and I'm like, you know, hey, is like, who's the last guy in the building here normally? And it's like, oh, Jane Daniels, last guy. Like, that's where you get that little bit of extra information. Mm -hmm. That's why you're on the road, you know, 360 days out yeah. of the year. You know what I'm saying? God because bless you're, those Because you're trying to peel back that onion and say, this is who this guy really is. I got a funny story a couple of years ago. They were talking about this guy, this offensive lineman, potentially going in the first round. Mm -hmm. And we were talking to a scout, and, he, and I was like, oh, what do you think about him? He's big. He's physical. Uh, you know, and then he's like, he's not a great worker. I'm like, oh, that's what people say. But I've been hearing that he's, his work ethics improved. Like I stayed and watched the whole practice. I acted like I left early, came back and watched from the parking lot to see if he'd stay after and do extra because they said every day he does extra stuff. So I'm sitting on the roof of the parking lot and dude just, he was the first guy off the field, you know? And so he's not working. He's not working. And so the guy, lo and behold, that guy falls in the draft. Is a, is a, he's an NFL player, but nothing special. Mm -hmm. And that's where that magic of being a scout comes in is like, who of these two guys is different, you know? Shows you that someone is always watching <laughs> yeah. you, even when even yeah. you don't think they are. Yeah. All right. We got a smooth search update. Okay, what we got? All right, he's responded. So he's, he's still on Earth, <laughs> right? Uh, he says he's on his way. All right. So I'll, I'll turn the mic on, and he'll walk in when he walks in. Yeah. But – uh. Selby, your assistant GM, <laughs> assistant to the GM. We're, we're, already, we're already past the clock. <laughs> uh, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to try and stall just a little bit for Fred. Um, but what we're going to do is we're going to trade with the Atlanta Falcons. They're at number eight. They desperately need a quarterback. The rumors are that they want a quarterback from this draft. They're yeah. not going to sign a free agent. That's rumors as of right now. Yeah. So we seem to be a good trading partner if we decide we want to trade back. Obviously, they'll get their pick between Daniels or May, who we just had our conversation on. Yeah. Okay, so in this mock draft, we are trading back to slot eight, so six uh, picks back with Atlanta. We're also taking their second-round pick in this draft, the 43rd, and then we're going to take some first rounds and second rounds and years later. It doesn't matter for this mock draft. For this mock draft, we're just moving back six spots, spots at eight, and we're getting an extra second round pick. I don't know. That's Logan, how's your 2025 draft evaluation going? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, but yeah, but I think like that's like. It's somewhat realistic. You no, know, absolutely. Yeah. I think like when fans are going to see this, like, oh, we only got an extra pick this year, but it's, doesn't, it's not about this year. It's about the You're subsequent years. The next right? years. Yep. Yeah. All right. So that's what we're going to do here. Um, here are the rules. This is a mock draft simulator. I have no control over it, but we're going to assume that 
Drake, Caleb, Jaden, they're all going before pick eight here. Yeah, we'll That's see. That's what we're going to assume. We'll see what happens. I know we'll see what happens, but, but we just talked about them a lot. Yeah. So it's to give other guys an opportunity to get some get some shine. The evaluation well. wasn't great on those players in this mock draft <laughs> for whatever right. reason. So we're going to assume that they're gone. We'll so if they really. pop up yeah. for whatever reason, they're gone. The other rule is you can't pick the same person, right? Cool. So if they're on the same board, we did that last time. Uh, so we're going to see what two different – uh, drafts look like here. All right, so I'm going to push start draft. I can't wait to see what happens here. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, who, All right. Uh, so who, who wants to go first? Can we just go over. Oh, yeah, yeah. We can, go, we can go over I, those. I went first last time, so oh, I feel like no. it's fair for, for Logan. All right, so who's gone? So Drake May went one. Caleb Williams went two to Atlanta. That's yeah, nice for them. Harrison, Roman. New England, a doomsday to uh, the Cardinals, Malik Neighbors to the Chargers, Cooper DeGene. Dude, okay. Let me just say this real quick. So we know we know Trevor Sycamore who does their big board at PFF. He loves it. He loves Cooper DeGene. The league is not as hot on him. (laughs) Uh, uh, That's why mock draft simulators. You got to do what you got to do. No, but he's but he's a great football player. But I just wanted to point that out. So I guess I'll go first. So in this in this mock, I am choosing to stay pat here. Yeah. So. What are you're assuming that we're either going to stick with a quarterback we yes. have on our roster, which is potentially Sam Howell, Sam Howell. right? Or you're signing somebody yeah, like a Baker be, Mayfield, uh, something like that. And I guess we could trade for Jacoby back. Yeah, Jacoby back or Fields potentially, but obviously. But if we trade it for Fields and we lose one of the second round yeah, picks, probably here. It's going to so. ruin our Long story short, you guys have a plan. We, we yeah. have a quarterback, quarterback that doesn't involve the draft. draft. Our quarterback yeah. plan is that we're going to accrue, accrue draft capital. We're going to sit with Sam Howell and maybe get our guy next right. year. But Where this Selby, year, you're going to draft a quarterback in this. You're right. acting as if you need one, I would think. Yeah. Okay, cool. So right, go ahead, Luke. I know I know we don't want to go over the board, but just to kind of give fans an idea of people that are available: Brock Bowers, Nate, uh, the tight end from Georgia; Nate Wiggins, the cornerback from Clemson; Olu Fashanu, the attack from Penn State, awesome football player; Talisi Fuaga, awesome uh, offensive tackle from Oregon State; Byron Murphy, interior defensive lineman from Texas; and then Quinya Mitchell, the quarterback from Toledo. So when I look at this, I say this is a perfect example of where you go: either best player available, right, or you try to fill a need. So I look at this and I say, edge rusher is an opportunity here, right? Dallas Turner here at eight would fill a need for this team. And Dallas Turner, like we've talked about him a little bit already, is a really good football player, a guy that has tremendous athletic upside, but is not the best player on the board. In terms of my grading system right now, I would probably have Brock Bowers, Olufushanu, and probably Talisi Fuaga ahead of those guys. So I'm kind of picking from that pool of people. And so do you want a dynamic playmaker in Brock Bowers? And I texted you this this weekend, Jason, right? I said, think of Brock Bowers not as a tight end for fans at home. He is a receiver. And so this is honestly where I'd take him. If I have him as an evaluated as a receiver, I would take him right after Malik Neighbors, right? He would be my next receiver. Does that make sense what I'm saying to fans at home, Zach? Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah like yeah. he's he's not a true inline guy. It's kind of like um, kind of like Kyle Pitts in, in, a, in a sort of sort of way. But even right? with Kyle Pitts, I think like when you do the evaluation on Kyle Pitts, like he was good in line because he's mm-hmm. big. He's yeah. like six six. He's got long arms. He got thirty four inch arms. Like he can compete with the defensive end. Sure. Brock Bowers is not that guy. He's 6'4". I think he's 235, 240. What was the number we had him? Was it 240? Something like that. Somewhere there. So not like a huge man, not like a super long guy, but he runs excellent routes, and he creates great separation. He's great after the catch. Like my comp for him, because you love comps, is George Kittle if he wasn't into wrestling. Interesting. You know what I'm saying? So he's like he's <laughs> okay. this great mover in space, catches the football really well, but at the line of scrimmage, he wants to do it. Mm-hmm. 
but he just doesn't have all those techniques. Doesn't have that like you know cold stone, cold stone center that like is locked in for that defensive end. You know what I'm saying? So I think if you have a vision for this player, he could be dynamic. Like at Georgia, they had a wonderful vision for him. Sure. He's playing running back. He's mm-hmm. playing receiver. He's outside. He's in motion. He's you know he does. He's part of the RPO game. So if you have a vision for this guy, take him here, mm-hmm. right? But in terms of value, I look at Olu Fashano and I think that guy could be special, right? He could be special as an offensive oh, yeah. lineman. And then, you know, he's the tackle from Penn State. His feet move so well. Mm -hmm. He's the straight athlete. Again, the thing you worry about with him, and I think a lot of people have Talisi Fuaga, the guy from Oregon State, above him because Talisi Fuaga is like a brick. He's got this great anchor. He's got this great physicality, but a little stiff. So do you bet on the upside, which I tend to bet on upside, athletic upside with Olu Fashanu, Mm -hmm. and then you got Dallas Turner. So if I had to make a pick here, this is tough for me because I got I'm in like a candy shop right now, and I want to take a tight end because I think he's a he's a really good football player. But do you feel a need? And that would be my question. And I'm going to ask for my consultant uh, GM to kind of chime in here, Jason. What we got? All right. So here's the thing about taking a tight end this early, okay? But he's not a tight. He's not a true tight end. I, I understand that. Yeah, okay, but right. he's labeled as a tight okay, end. I got you. All right. So if you take him around here, the money. The money. The money. Right? Yeah. So a great you're saving maybe only $4 million yeah. between going out and getting a top-tier tight end in free agency by drafting one in this area. Yeah. Whereas if you draft a wide receiver here for a dynamic pass catcher, you're going to save $16 million yeah. about. So Brock Bowers has to be that much better yeah. than whoever the next receiver is on this list That's that you would want to take That's just for the money. Yeah. I'm going to pull up the receivers real quick. So you got to say oh, yeah. for Brian Thomas Jr., he's worth $8 million right. more. Or Troy Franklin or Ladd McConnell. Right. Yeah, exactly. that's exactly right. So, so that's why I think Brock Bowers is going to slide in the in the draft. From the money Not reason. Not for talent, but for money reason. Yeah. Ugh. Now, when you look at it, tackles. Tackles and edge This rushers. is good money. Yeah, tackles right? and edge This rushers, is getting right? good money. So I'm 100% with you. Yeah. So if I was going to... This is tough for me because I think Dallas Turner, I've told you, is an athletic projection. Same thing with Olu Fushanu. But Olu Fushanu has been more productive as a pass protector. And I just think you get him with the right guy in the right system, like that's that dude. So this might be a tick high for him, but I really like him. And so I would probably say it's if it, it's it's probably go that way. I'd probably go Olu Fashano here at eight for the Washington Commanders. And he fits the bill, hundred yeah. percent. Just watching him. I mean, you mentioned his footwork. Yeah. So much about offensive line play is decided by your footwork, and he has it down to a T. He's so good at it. He's so quick. His hands are really really strong. Yeah. I I think he's. I mean, and he plus he does feel a need for Washington. I mean, they they've had issues on the offensive line for. Long down. I know sacks aren't all all yeah. off the line issue, but it's not not an issue either. Right. So, uh, and I, I think he would be the the highest offensive lineman drafted by Washington since when Sheriff Sheriff like, yeah. yeah Sheriff exactly. was five what was Sheriff five five Looking I think he was the top five pick. So but. let me just say this too. So this is a really good example. So um, Talisi Fuaga, the tackle from Oregon, I ha- I like his college film better, mm. and this is where that projection thing comes yep. in. Because I like his college film better. I think he's a better run blocker. I think he's got a better anchor against the bull. But I think he's kind of what he is. I think Mm -hmm. his floor is very high. I think he could easily move to guard. He's a tough, nasty son of a gun. But if you want to hit a home run with this pick, it's Fashanu for the footwork and the athleticism. And there's so many 
tackles in college that you can just say, oh, he's just going to go to guard. Yeah. Like, but you, you, there's, I feel like it's very rare, especially now, to find a guy at left tackle in the college game. You're like, that is an NFL left tackle. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And I think Olu Vashani is absolutely that guy. And I don't know if it's 100% because, again, there's a strength issue there, but he's also 20. He's like young. Yeah. And so, like, you're hoping that he gets a little bit strong. The other thing I wanted to ask you, Jason, before we moved on from this pick was, there's a lot of tackles in this class. Do we want to get our edge here and kind of shore that up? Because we're not going to have a shot at Dallas. You know, like a Dallas Turner or a Latu Latu, a Jared Verse. Like, those guys will be gone. No, we're not. But with all the picks we're going to have top second round, mm-hmm. I think you're going to find good talent back there for the edge rushers. Okay, so I mean, yeah. if you're just real quickly, we don't have to say names. If you're just real quickly looking ahead, yeah. let's say the line's drawn somewhere in here. Yeah. Right. Our line there, is Chris Braswell. Some pretty darn good names. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with up. you. All right, cool. Yeah, so I think tackle is where we're going to go. Olu Fashanu. And I feel after talking through it, and that's kind of how the roll room is going to go too, right? You're going to have guys that are higher on certain guys. We're going to talk about it a little bit and come to a consensus. And we so. want to protect Sam Howe or we whoever's do. back yeah, there. Yeah, whoever's back there. But he's a good football player, going to be a cornerstone for a while. A little bit, little bit green in terms of strength, but the feet, yeah. man. Can't coach those feet. Can't coach that nope. athleticism. So. All right, Selby, you're on the clock. All right, so obviously I've, I do not have the luxury of, of deciding to go with the other options at quarterback. <laughs> um, and the, the at least I think, so let's see, we have Drake May, Caleb Williams off the board at quarterback. Yeah. You go quarterback here, so Dan Jones is on there, and I think in the real world I think he's going to go a lot higher yeah, than I think, that. I think, I think New but, York would for sure take Jaden Daniels here. Yeah, and I, and I think everyone kind of agrees, outside of those three guys, there's a line. You yep. can draw there, and I think you've got Bo Nix, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr. is down there a little bit a little bit more, yeah. um, then you've got the other guys down there. For me... So for Zach, let me just say, take this off so all you fans home. We would, if this happened at eight, Zach would for sure draft Jaden Daniels. Absolutely. Just to, just to be clear. But it's not going to happen. That's not realistic. Yeah, but well, we're not going to yeah. do that right now. Because so. you're telling me you're going you're gonna to give me Jaden Daniels and another pick? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, you're not moving... Teams aren't moving up like this to not take Jaden. Yeah. Yeah. No. Right. To take Cooper DeGene or whatever. Yeah. No, that's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> no disrespect to Cooper DeGene. He's, no, he's a great football <laughs> player. And he's a guy that I'm like, if he's there when we're picking at 36, but the, I'm doing a backflip because I think yep. he's that good of a football. He's a first-round player. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's a top-10 guy. He's also not a quarterback. That's a great yeah. point. <laughs> so for me, it really comes down to two positions or two players, yeah. Bo Nix and J.D. McCarthy. Right. I feel, you know, for me, I've told you, I'm, I, I'm an Auburn fan, mm-hmm. much to my chagrin over the last four, few years. <laughs> um, and I remember seeing Bo Nix as he came in his freshman year, beat Alabama, looked great, dynamic runner. As you got into his career at, at, at Auburn, it seemed like that was all he was. Right. And then he transfers to Oregon. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden he has his year where he's just exploded. Yeah. Now, of course, you have to you have to remember he's a lot older than a lot of the other quarterbacks now. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's so he's got a lot more snaps. He's got a lot more experience. Something that I value out of my quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I'd like to have as many, as many snaps as possible, um, especially starting snaps. But, you know, for him... And I, I look at him, and he he does a lot of good stuff. I mean, he had the least turnover worthy plays, and he he was I think a, he, he, he had a great year at Oregon. He did he, absolutely fantastic. It's just my, about who is he? Is he the Auburn Bo Nix or is he Oregon Bo Nix? Exa- and my biggest question about Bo Nix is exactly that because 
he's not going to have the Oregon offense yeah. in the NFL. And I looked at a lot of his throws. A lot of his receivers are really open. And I'm like, look, that's not going to be open in the NFL. He's, that's not going to be open in the he's NFL. He's thrown to Troy Franklin, who is going to be a first-round wide receiver from Oregon. He's yep. 6'3", 185 pounds, can absolutely fly. And the and your other point is like a lot of RPO, a lot of screen, a lot of quick game stuff mm-hmm. underneath. It He does have a varied profile in terms of what he's throwing, but the offense yep. is very supportive sure. of his skill set. Well, and – and it, that does kind of make me feel good if I'm going Bo Nix because you look at Cliff Kingsbury, you look at the right. like, but like a lot, of, a lot of the coaches that Washington has put around this potential quarterback, a lot of quarterback friendly guys who have helped elevate quarterbacks in their career. Yeah, whether it's Brian Johnson, you know, whether it's Tavita who had to re- who did really well, but establishing a relationship with Sam Howell, uh, Cliff Kingsbury. So that makes me feel good about him. Mm-hmm. On JD McCarthy, on the other hand. Doesn't his hat? The stats don't really fly off the 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 page as well as Bo Nix does. Right, Bo Nix. But you may you see some stuff where it's like, okay, the potential for him to, is really there if you can surround him with the right guys and you give him an offense that maybe doesn't that you don't have to put all the responsibility on him right then and there. Mm. And let him kind of grow into something. Yeah, I think JJ McCarthy is probably the one of the most interesting prospects in this entire draft because, like, when you again when you go watch his highlights, NFL throws all over the map. Mm-hmm. You know, the 15 yard comeback, the deep post, like the over over the middle of the field. He doesn't layer throws super well, but in terms of like just saying NFL arm, NFL athleticism, NFL size, like dude's got it right he's got it and I think that's why you're seeing kind of this big push from people in the scouting community this is an NFL media necessarily but the scouting community saying J.J. McCarthy will be that fourth quarterback because there's all this allure around that kind of bad word which is potential here with him like his ceiling is so much higher right he's also I think a great juxtaposition to Bo Nix because he's so much younger i think he's mm-hmm. 20 something yep. like that 21 yeah 21 so he's a three little years younger yeah three years younger and people are like oh my gosh he's going to develop he's in this kind of pro style offense already up there at michigan mm-hmm. but to your point like i think he only had like 150 throws this year like something yeah crazy I mean, he, he never threw for more so, three thousand yards yeah. at a, in a season in michigan so how much do you blame that on just michigan i mean they won a national yeah. championship they ran the ball and they played good defense they didn't ask him to throw so for me, it's like that's that's what the offense was. So I don't really knock him for it. The problem is it just makes the evaluation way really hard. Really tough, yeah. Yeah, because it's like, what can he do? Like, how does he do this? Like, it's crazy. Like, when you watch uh, Penix, for example, I think he threw – he had three consecutive games where he threw for – he threw over 40 times. And I think to get the same number of throws, you had to go through like 15, uh, 15 games. no. 10 games from J.J. McCarthy. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it just is so much harder. The situations are different. You don't get to see him on bad third down situations as much. They don't leverage him the same way. So it's like, you know, I heard coaches talking about, I've watched every single throw from his college career just to try to get a feel for who he is, you know? And they say, oh, look at that TCU game last year where you had to throw the ball a ton. You see that NFL ability. But it, it just makes the projection harder. And so I think, like, part of it is, like, there's, like, that mystery box element, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, and like they don't really know, but you see the the arm talent, you see the athleticism. I think he's going to run a four five, big kid, strong kid. Yeah. So if if this was the NFL doing this, there's no doubt in my mind that not no doubt, but I feel very confident in saying JJ McCarthy would be the next quarterback taken. It just depends like on what Zach's going to do here. Well, I and I, you could argue that both of them are kind of mystery box players yeah. in some ways. But I mean, for me, what makes me feel better is the starting experience. 
the amount of times you're able to drop back. Yeah. And I think Bo Nix, to me, kind of fits the part physically yeah. a little bit more mm. than, than J.J. McCarthy does. And plus, I mean, talk- he's 6'2", 210, and I think J.J. McCarthy's 6'3", 210. Like, they're very similar in terms yeah. of stature, I think. sure. But 200, sorry. I don't know. If just to me, it feels like Boatnix is a little bit more thickly made. I think I you're know. right. Yeah. And I, I think you know, we talked about the big playability with Jane Daniels and Drake May. I, I see some of that with Bo Nix. He can though run. He's he, sneaky fast. He can fast. definitely yeah. run. Yeah. So I think to me, I think he's the third or the fourth, fourth, best, the fourth best quarterback. This is, and again, this is a conversation we'd have because I'd say I think J.J. McCarthy has a higher ceiling. But if Zach's got to work with him every single day, you know, like. I want Zach to pick the guy he wants to pick. Yep, and I think trusting my coaches, trusting them to, to, to yeah. do what they can to put him in the best position, we're going to go with Bo Nix. But I would say this too, and people say, why, why not Michael Penix in this conversation? Michael Penix had a great college career. He did. Not yep. a lot of throws in that offense that are different. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff down the field, big arm, ability to push the ball down the field, which you love. Strictly a pocket passer, which is kind of crazy to say because yep. I think people think of him as like a better athlete. When you watch, when him, he does run, he, it's okay. Yeah. I wouldn't say but it's he, bad. He he that's like a that's like a la, like a, literally a last resort for him. Mm-hmm. Like JJ McCarthy runs more than him. Yep, you know, and so he he's not that guy. He's a down the field. Like look at his receivers. Like look at Odunze. Look at Polk. Both mm-hmm. those guys are great contested catch guys, and he put the ball in the money and he made them better football players. Um, but that's like his game. And he's and he's got a massive arm, like you said. And I feel Very like sometimes he relies on his arm too much, which is, a, which is a problem that a lot of quarterbacks with big arms have. The, the mechanics aren't really there. The footwork, whenever he's trying to throw, he didn't look like he, he looked like he just slings it out there. He didn't like step into his throws a little yeah. bit to me. And I know that you know, go back to trusting the coaches. I know you would you would hope that that develops and fix, gets fixed. But that we've seen a, there's a lot of evidence that that does not always happen with with quarterbacks with big arms. And also with him too, there's a huge medical concern. You think he's had like yep. two or three ACLs. He's got a back injury, and so. I think he might be even like a, a red candidate. So like someone that is, has a non-draftable grade for a lot of teams because of his medical history. And again, mm-hmm. the combine and the medical will be huge for him. But, um, and then to just kind of play devil's advocate a little bit, just to kind of flesh this out. I think in Kingsbury's offense, when you watch him in 2021 with Kyler Murray, a lot of their quick game explosives were on deep balls, yep. you know? So maybe they look at him and they say, He's actually fits what we want to do a little bit better. I don't. Th- I, I think this is a correct ranking. I think J.J. McCarthy, Bo Nix, and Michael mm-hmm. Penix Jr. are kind of the order, and I do think that Bo Nix and J.J. McCarthy are closer than Michael Penix. Sure. And also I wanted to point out that the two players we're talking about, J.J. McCarthy and Bo Nix, are 30th and 39th, or 30, yeah, 36th on the big board for PFF. And I think this is just a great example of how quarterbacks, because of the value of the position, just get pushed up so dramatically. Because I don't think anyone would bat an eye if you picked one of these guys here, even though they might not be, you know, the eighth Best guy on your yeah, correct, yeah, if you right. yeah. Penix reminds me of like a lefty, little bit shorter Joe Flacco. Oh, really? Mm, yeah, I, I mean that's what I see out of him. Mm. Could be wrong there, but like you want a team that's good around him. I don't think he's going yeah. to be your playmaker like other other quarterbacks could be that you see in the McCarthy and the Bo Nix, where they can make plays happen for you yeah. with their legs and their athleticism. That's a great point. Um, so. I don't don't think that's a bad pick, but you know, a lot of, a lot of work to do there. All right. Going to the second round. Just ripping through this mock draft. Smoot search is still on. Still on. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Look at, look at this. Wow. Jason, look at this Jack. Jason, 
J.J. McCarthy on an epic slide to the Washington Commanders at 36 overall. I mean, gosh, that feels like the way we got to go. Unless there's a really good edge available. Well, we, we, yeah, unless there's a really good edge available. Let's see. But like that, that would be fantastic. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh Darius oh, Robinson. Oh. All right. We have our quarterback. We made that decision before going into this. We're going edge here. All right. Uh, Logan, run down the edges because there are some – Really, yeah, really good edges here. So Adisa Isaac from Penn State, who is the guy who plays opposite of Chop Robinson, a guy that had a great senior bowl, really twitchy, really twitchy, really long, little green, but a guy that you're like, that's a piece you could build around. Obviously, Chop Robinson's a guy that everybody knows. Probably, probably the most explosive edge in the class does not mean he's the best edge in the class. He's very fast, very explosive, very technically raw. A lot of games where he's just completely erased and a lot of games where he just comes up and is making excellent football plays. You are 100% betting on coaching. When you 100%, 100%. And then maybe my favorite player. Yeah. Maybe my favorite <laughs> yeah. player is Darius Robinson, the edge from Missouri. Like, I just, I love his film. He's, he's a huge man. He's 6'5". He's 290. He can play inside. He can play outside. He plays the game with the with the requisite amount of violence in his heart. Absolutely. And I respect the hell out of that. Yeah, remember when remember when they were talking about run and hit guys, Joe yeah. Jr.? That's a run and hit guy. Oh my gosh. Hunter and he's and he's got a little edge to him. Like mm-hmm. he's and at the senior bowl dominant. And then you and the thing is like you see that on film. Like I had a I had a like a low second round grade on him before the senior bowl because his hands are just so damn yep heavy mm-hmm. and his head is so damn hard and so he's a guy that i really like and then the guy after him jason let's do oh, i gotta go do one more because i think he's an excellent football player too jonathan ellis one of the kind of jonah. Sn- jonah sorry one of the sneaky best pass rushers in the draft really small guy and then braylon trice so lots of really good edge rushers there so jason you were 100 right man a lot of edges fell to us in this position Feeling pretty good about that if we need to make a pick there. Yeah, I'm looking, I'm just looking through other positions because there are so many good edge rushers. And we have three picks here in the next seven. No. That maybe if we're thin at another position, we can go ahead and grab that player there right. mm-hmm. and still feel confident in the next the next selections we have, we're mm. gonna get a good edge. Well, do you want to draft the quarterback here or no? not particularly okay because like just because of the way that we're doing this draft and how we set it up right who knows who we went out and got in free agency yeah. like we're already we've already solved the quarterback problem in the we we have we have in our team yeah. yes right. but i if, if, this, if this were to happen interesting this, projects down there if you really wanted to like dip in there for like, the quarterback yeah saying? like joe milton like could be like a like later on like a third or like a day three sort yeah. of guy like yeah. But yeah for y'all makes more sense to go and then there's some good the receivers are excellent like offensive tackle we already did that but yeah i'm just looking through i but oh what about corner what about safety and corner let's do that real quick because again, yeah, nobody that really like blows your doors off there. I think I think if you're going value here, because again, Ladd McCogney is available. We talked about him last podcast. Excellent football player, really just a fantastic football player, um, and a guy that is going to be like an excellent slot, really productive. I don't know if he fits a need here necessarily for this right. team, um, especially when there's these edges here. Yeah, and let's let's do edge. Even even if we take two edges here in the next seven picks, I would which be we upset might. About it kind of feels like we might do that actually. So for me, I, yeah. and you might feel differently. Like I just I like Adis Isaac. I just think Darius Robinson's floor is 
high. Like, I don't understand why he's ranked 45 on this board. And again, this is PFF sport. I, I would probably just. And this is yeah. one of those guys like Tyler Guyton, Darius Robbins. Like, go the guys, like, if you're a Washington fan, you're praying that, he, yeah. that they somehow fall to 36. That yeah. is like first round caliber town. Yeah. No, and I, I saw, I mean, what do you think, Jason? Absolutely. I, he was the winner at the, at the senior, senior bowl. Yeah. One of the winners, like, he's standing out. He's going to do. One of my like practice player of the week or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And he, again, just a, a violent. I just love it, man. We, we have the combine coming up. He's yeah. going to crush it. The yeah, I hope so. He's going to look impressive. He's probably not going to be here, but man, if he is, yeah, we got to take yeah, him. Right? Grab him. So yeah. yeah, we're going to take Robinson. hundred percent. I'm on board with that. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Darius Robinson. Darius Edge yeah. from Missouri. Not chop. Yeah. Not yet. <laughs> so not going to lie. Kind of hate you in this moment. Cause I really wanted him. I know. <laughs> like, he's that guy that everyone wants. Uh, yeah. Exactly. But, you know, for me, since I went quarterback, I still feel like I have the need to either protect him or give him an explosive weapon. Can you go to the offensive lineman for real quick? Oh, look at you. You can't get away from your roots here, Zach. No, I can't. Now, see, Jordan Morgan is the highest rated tackle. What do you think about him, by the way? I I don't think he's a tackle. I don't think so either. And plus, I think he's... He's a good player, though. And I think... I, if I'm if I'm drafting a guy at 36 at tackle, I want him to be like a day one starter. I'm not necessarily sure that Jordan Morgan's a day one starter because he got so he's got a lot of technical issues for me that almost are too much for me to overlook. Can you go to the list, Jason? Just for I want to ask. I got a question for Selby. Is there anybody on here that you think is a day one starter? I have an answer to this, but is there anyone on this list that you think is a day one starter? Run down the list real quick. So the, jo- uh, Jordan Morgan is the, the tackle guard from Arizona. Mm-hmm. Kingsley Suamataya is the tag from BYU. Uh, I don't even know how to say this guy's name. Karan Amajadi Ad- uh, from Yale tackle. That was close. Mega DJ. Uh, yeah, I like that yeah, better. Yeah, that's, that's better. Like Blake Fisher, uh, attack from Notre Dame. Patrick Paul, attack from Houston. He's 83rd on this board. And Matt Young Clevis from P- Pittsburgh, who I think is actually a really sneaky. I don't know if you've watched him yet, Zach. Mm. You should definitely watch him. He was hurt this year, only played three games, okay. but a really good football player. Reminds me of like a more athletic Sam Cosby. Mm. Like, might be a guard, but I like his film a lot. So again, just to give you kind of the lay of the land there. Yeah, so what was your question on the Selby? So Sorry, who? So lost. any of these of those guys I just read off, and then obviously Dominic Puny, who's right below him, mm-hmm. is a guy that had an awesome week at the Senior Bowl. Probably a guard. Yeah. Of those six guys, seven guys, is any one of those guys a day one starter? I have an answer in my mind, but I, I want to hear what you guys. I personally say. feel like of all the guys, I mean. I do like Patrick Paul a lot. But he's pretty green, man. He's pretty green. I feel like Kingsley Suamatea is probably my guy, probably, Zach. probably <laughs> the guy that I would I think is the most ready yeah. to be to be. And I I like him a lot too. In fact, I, I like him a lot better than Jordan Morgan. Yeah, personally. but he's a little, also a little bit green. You know, worry yep. about the foot speed a little bit. Great anchor, great strength, great play strength, competitive. You see all that stuff. Um, might be a tick high for him, you know, but yeah. – I, I like I mean, him. He's only 21, too. I know. I mean, yeah, he's, he, but of the guys on there. for BYU, like, that's super young for a BYU <laughs> player. <laughs> but on, but on, of this list that we just looked at, he's probably the guy that I think is the most ready at tackle to start day yeah. one. And if you want to guard, I think Dominic Puny's pretty close, but. Mm-hmm. Um, Can you, like, just scroll down for, like, a quick oh, second? You, you gotta, you gotta, okay, cool, cool. He's still available. Oh, well, <laughs> they, he, there's a project guy that, are, that I've got my that eye you've on. got your for, eye <laughs> for, for future, free future mock drafts. So what are you going to do, Zach? Go to receiver. Go? I think okay, that's receiver. what I'm going to go with. Dude, I think this is a mistake, Zach. 
Make the mistake. Well, just, just look at like look at look at this receiver list. I know we did this last time, but it's insane. Lad McConkney, Jeremy Burton, Xavier Worthy, Roman Wilson, uh, Jalen Polk, Ricky Pearsaw, Jalen McMillan, Devontae Walker, like Johnny Wilson, like Xavier Leggett, holy cow, Jamari Thrash, Brandon Wright, like all those guys will be on an NFL team. Like uh, yeah, You're all right. of them and productive and productive player. Like that. How many guys we just talked about? Ten guys. Like. I mean, a lot, yeah. <laughs> but for me, I kind of feel like I have to go with a guy who's going to give my quarterback the most opportunity to make explosive plays. And the lad, I feel who's, like the, the lad, the lad is 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 an is an option here. <laughs> lad um, is an option. Well, he so if you said lad, I would be like awesome pick. Yeah, because he's if you have not watched Lad McCogney from Georgia. He's like this little white dude, mm. but he is explosive as all get out. Yeah, it killed it at the senior bowl. Yeah, and does he remind it. you of Julian Edelman? No, Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro is what I put. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but you said something that Jason, Jesse Guy Jason, uh, we do like dueling descriptions, yeah. and I'll read Jesse Guy Jason's description. You said he wants to score every time he touches the football. Every, it looks like, and when every you talk time. about competitive. Hutzpah, I love that. That he, gets me he, fired he, up. He he is great. And he did. He I feel like he won almost all. He won a lot he won of every, one on one. Won every one on one except for the kid from um, who was the guy? Brownlee. Yeah, Brownlee he, he lost to Brownlee. From, um, but Lou, Lou. and I know that's like not a realistic like. But he's but, but it, it was like it, he smoked. It wasn't like yeah. I won every one on one. It was like. I made everyone. He was look easily winning. Silly. Everyone looked like they didn't play football before. Another guy that like <laughs> I, I do think could be potentially like could rise up a lot of Xavier Leggett just because he's a big dude who knows yeah. how to make explosive plays, know how to make catches. But like, again, you know, like it, on this board, if this is your board. Yeah, if, I, I feel like he could potentially still be available somewhere else. I yeah. mean, it's wrong with the lad. We're well, doing it. So, and, and to your point, Zach, like in this offense, though, Mm-hmm. Like you need that kind of uh, what's the guy's name in Arizona? The uh, shifty kind of kid from Purdue. The oh, um, I'm forgetting his name. Right. Leave a comment if you remember his name. But like kind of that small, explosive four-two kind of guy. Yep. I think Lad fits that bill, and he gives you more mm-hmm. juice down the football yep. field. So easy I, targets yes. for a quarterback who, like Bo, needs to have a little more development. And talk about in man-to-man situations, a guy that you say, "Hey, man, go, go win this. Go win on a choice." Like I think you love that. Yep. So. Are we picking again? We're picking again. So you went lad, right? Uh, exactly. Yeah, the lad. Just so, just so you know, he's not here. We picked him last time. Yeah. Just so you know, just so you know. But um, <clears throat> I think we go edge edge here. Honestly. So I was going to ask you because go to linebacker because yeah. the linebacker because sure. again I, I'm not super high in the linebacker class, but um, I just saw a name that popped up and Peyton Wilson is probably I think Edger and Cooper has more athletic upside, but Peyton Wilson's film is really, really good. A lot of injury history. I think I agree with you, though, Jason. The more I think about it, I think it's just so risky to take a linebacker this high. And you want to go edge-edge is what you said. Well, go to the old lineman. Is, is Kingsley Sumatai? We already have a tackle. I forgot we drafted. What's his name in the first round? He's still there. Uh, Sumatai is still there. Yeah, he's a good football player. That's pretty good. Pretty good football player, bud. This is the benefit of, get, of getting 36, 40, and 43. I know. Like, Gosh. So, we're like in the teeth of like solid football players. Here. So here's here's why I'm going to say edge, right? Let's do it. We do need multiple. And we have done. This is also before free agency. Yeah. So we haven't signed Super anybody. Super thin edge we are, position. Yeah. yeah. So, so go I'm going to say edge because it's. I think it's where we need the most help. I think just in general. Right. Right. Um, I think that the talent here at edge 
with the coaching staff that has been brought in, mm -hmm. especially with Dan Quinn and what mm. they do with defense, what we've seen happen in Dallas with their defensive line players, that we can take somebody like a Chop Robinson here. Yeah. And it's like, well, we already got our Darius Robinson, right? Yeah. Let's get another freak. Yeah. And let's just have two just monsters yeah. that our coaching staff that Could, we trust. That'd be pretty sick. To get these guys really going. Yeah. We've already protected our quarterback. Yep. So I think we can add another lineman or somebody offensively in our pick three spots from now. Yeah. And I think we just go. I think we go with an edge. Here. So think about this, and let me just—I—I I don't disagree. I love that pitch, and I think that's a hundred. I'm like we're eye to eye. The other thing I'd say to that is, what if we take uh, Olufushanu eight overall? Mm -hmm. He we we restructure, we get rid of Charles Leno. You know, been good for us the last couple of years, but and then we draft Jordan Morgan to play left guard. Like that would be pretty sick because talk about two guys that are. Fantastic athletes, mm -hmm. very raw, obviously developmental to a certain extent. You mentioned Jordan Morgan, Morgan's technical ability, but I don't doubt his athleticism. Same thing with Fashano. So then you get Fashanu, Morgan, who, you know, maybe Stromberg's playing center, Cosme, who was the best guard in the NFL of the last eight games, and Wiley, who is a tremendous athlete at tackle, a guy that needs to be insulated, but now you can insulate him because you've got athletes at the other spots. Again, they're young, but... For, for this gets us way better on the offensive line now. I don't know. I do think the lean, the, the need of defensive line is a little bit higher, though. So let me, let me ask you this. Yeah. We only have two picks left. Yeah. Right? Are we going to go offensive line, defensive line for this in any particular order, or are we going to add a weapon on offense? We'll go to corner real quick. Go to corner safety. Um, and again, like I think all the good corners went in this mock for whatever. Okay. So Mike Sanders still is still on the board for Michigan. He plays nickel. He's kind of this linebacker safety. He played the star position there. So like Fred Warder played that. He's not that size of player. I think he's six foot, 100, 210 pounds, something like that. But great ball skills, great ball production, and just a football playing Johnny, man. He's even smaller than I thought. He's 5'10", 185 pounds, but a heck of a football player. I think a guy like Jaden Hicks from Washington State, who on this board is ranked as 56. He is tall. He's 6'3". He's 212. His film is awesome. He will he hits like a truck. He's got great ball instincts. So, again, I think the, thing, the funny thing about the safety cornerback class for this draft is there's some guys that maybe weren't like the most productive in college, but when you turn on the film, you're like, this is a good football player. Mm -hmm. And I think that's going to push them down a little bit. So I think we can wait on that. I think the receiver thing we've talked about a lot – you know, like maybe let's go to tight end real quick, see if there's anybody there that we like. I mean, I think you can get a guy later that you feel better about. So I would say, yeah, it's either right now, it feels like at this point in the draft, it makes sense. The The positions of value are offensive line, edge, which is surprising because no one thought that at the beginning, and um, receiver. Would you agree with that, Zach? I would say so, yeah. yeah. So I think it's got to be for one of those three. And because the receivers are so deep, I'm going to say we punt on that unless you say like, we need a guy with a, an exceptional skill set like Xavier Worthy, who's probably going to run like a 4-2 at the combine, like really got some explosive vertical speed. But again, I think you can wait and get a guy like that later. So to me, it's edge or offensive line. And so it's kind of flip a coin here. I'd be happy with either one. Um, I do think the rawness of Jordan Morgan, Morgan gives me pause. And yeah. I think if I really the, – the pitch you gave me about two elite edge rushers, young edges – guys that have traits, 
that can make each other better, I think you got to go. I think it's Chop here. Chop, Chopper, or Deese Isaac, your call. And again, Jonah Ellis is a guy that in terms of film has it all in terms of pass rush ability. So I think any one of those three guys I'd be pretty happy with. Feels like a little bit of a reach for Jonah Ellis because he's 6'2", 250 Remember, pounds. Remember, y'all picked Chop last week. We did. So That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, 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 I, but I think this is a good point, though. So, like, if they drafted Adisa Isaac, I think Adisa Isaac's really good football player. Mm. I think Chop's ceiling is higher, right? Yes. I think that's what we're talking about. And I know I came off as a hater on Chop last No, no. Episode, but the reason I was... Uh, pushing back against him is because he was the only edge right. that was being drafted. And this feels like a luxury. And this this is a luxury pick because we have the other. We have t- the two Robinsons. Yeah, right? yeah. So and I think Darius Darius is I got a crazy high floor, and maybe the ceiling's not super high, but his floor is incredible. Like he's going to be a good pro. Yes, and, and, and Chop could be an amazing pro. And his floor is really low. So right. it's like this big variance. It's a luxury pick. That's exactly yeah. right. So I'm okay with Chop here right. because of the I like luxury. It. I like it. Good. You've, right. you've convinced me. Let's do it. All right. All right. And now, Zach, I'm, you've got the hard part. I'm going to stay in edge. Are you? Look at you. Yeah, because I you feel like. You can't draft Darius Robinson. Cannot draft Darius Robinson, which is still crazy that he's here at 40. Um, scroll down a little bit. Actually, just take tackles off, off the board completely. No, look at you. Just Peyton Wilson, man. Linebacker. That's yeah, not a bad pick. That's not a bad pick. Dude, dude, Braylon Trice, bro. We missed on Braylon Trice. I think he's way too low on this board, by the way. Dude, imagine getting Braylon Trice. And uh, for those of you at home, what was Zach's thinking? Braylon Trice is 6'5, right? 6'4, something like that. 270. Edge from Washington. Big old hoss. 274. So him <laughs> and Darius nice. Robinson together just denting face masks and collapsing pockets just gives me chills. But you I don't know. see him on here. But like, what's your what's your hang up on Chris Braswell? Chris Braswell. Oh, he's gone. He got drafted. Yeah, right. no, I'm just saying. But like, what's, oh, what's your, what's your hang up? I just felt like I felt like there wasn't. Everyone's like, oh, he's this elite power guy, and I'm like, mm-hmm. eh, his power's good, but it's not great. Oh, he's got some elite athleticism. It's like, eh, it's yeah. good but not great. So he kind of is like this guy that's like a good football player, but mm-hmm. doesn't have chops, juice, or yeah. Darius Robinson's power. Or and y'all went with Adiza, right? No, we, no, went, we went with Chop. Chop. We got the Bash okay. brothers yeah. from Bash. D2. Bash brothers. <laughs> Darius and Chop. But, uh, but like to your point, though, like Adisa Isaac's a heck of a ball yeah. player. I'm looking I'm looking at a couple players. I see Jonah Ellis still yeah. on there. I like him. And my guy, Marshawn. Yeah, Ke- I'm about to say Marshawn Nealon is – he's, he's, he's down He might there, be calling my name. He's, he's, he's an excellent football player. Scroll just a little more, see if I can – You're you're like in the deep cut here. I, I like Justin, Justin Aboigby. Although he's like he's like a defensive tackle. Yeah, boy, yeah. I don't know why he's oh, boy, the edge here. Is your boy? Nelson Caesar, Caesar is another guy that I really like too. Get really good hand work. Also, Muhammad uh, Karma. If you're looking for deep cuts, guys, Colorado State Edge has has the juice. A little right? bit of a has the from pass rush into, into the third round. Yeah. Um. All right. Xavier Thomas from Clemson again. We're right. gonna go injured this year, but. We're Later, gonna, we're gonna go with Jonas Ellis. Oh, I like that pick. Bit, not Wait. gonna have the Bash Brothers like like you yeah, guys do. But the I, Bash think this is, I think this is a really like he's a young guy, only to, just about to turn twenty one, but like got a lot of really good upside. And I think he, I think he could be your guy that could really wreak havoc on on passers also, for a long time. One of the most devastating spin moves in college, like almost Dwight Freeney esque. Excellent hand usage. His uncle played in the NFL. His dad played in the NFL. His three brothers play in the NFL. Dude's going to be a good pro. 
the only thing you worry about is just his size. Probably mm-hmm. has to be a stand-up guy. Yep. But if we know one thing about Dan Quinn and his defense is he knows how to use, guy, use guys that can rush the passer. So I think he'd have an excellent role here. We got a guy like Ryan Kerrigan on this coach. Yeah, yeah. Help him Help out, him a, little out bit, a little bit. Man. Help him out. Absolutely, bud. Absolutely, bud. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jenna Ellis. Oh, man. We We're at 43. God, it's so nice having these three picks like stacked up on each other. It's really nice. It's nice. Because who's available still? Jordan Morgan. Yeah, I think we Jordan. go with the tackle now, which is what I thought would happen. I thought, it would, I thought, it, it, would I thought it would slip. Yeah. So. Yeah, because uh, yeah, Jordan Morgan, we just talked about him, like a guy that can convert to guard. I mean, if we really wanted to be insane people, we'd draft Kingsley Suamataya and have him play guard for a year and then bump him outside. Why not? I mean, I guess we could do that. What, what's the reasoning not to do that? Why Morgan? I just think time? Jordan is going to be a better. He's going to be like a. He's going to be like Tyler Smith last year. He's going to be like a really, really good guard, maybe like a Pro Bowl guard. And I think Kingsley Sumatai is going to be like a good tackle and could be mm-hmm. a good guard. I don't think his ceiling's quite as high because again we talked about the thing with Fashano in terms of athletic upside, mm-hmm. and I think Morgan's going to run well. He's got good, decent play strength. You know what I'm saying? But. Yeah. Um, He's a guy that I think has is, is got some ability. And then, obviously, Peyton Willis, the linebacker from UNC. Or UNC? No. Um, NC State. NC State, thank yeah. you. You know, he's still on the board. I like his film a lot, but I'm not taking a linebacker this high, I don't think. So, so here's the other thing I wanted to talk to you about, is that we're not going to go with a wide receiver, although I was, I was kind of hoping we would. Yeah, just Just because I feel like we need that extra wide receiver with potentially Curtis Samuel uh, not being on this we roster. We for sure need it, though. And we for sure 100%. I think we want to a bigger guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Something that they don't have on the roster. Right. But, but I mean like, yeah. even, so also just to kind of flesh this out too, to yeah. your point, like Roman Wilson, I wouldn't mind if they drafted him. Cause dude's going to run a four, two at the combine. Yeah. Jalen Polk, six, two bigger guy. Right. I love him. Like really competitive at the catch one. Got a little dog. Like got that dog. Yeah. Got that dog, <laughs> got in, that him. dog in him. Ricky Pearsall. I mean, six, one, but more of a slot guy, I would say. Mm-hmm. Right. But a yeah. guy that can play outside, but it fits, feels like Jahan ish. Yes. Very Jahan. Mm-hmm. And then Devontae's Walker, doesn't catch football all the time, but incredibly fast. And then you get into like the big guys, Johnny Wilson. There's nobody bigger than him. Mm. So that's, that's Johnny Wilson is one of those guys that I'm just like, I don't know what to do with him, yeah, like, but put him on my <laughs> but he's squad massive. and we're going to figure it out. Well, I keep going back to this. Uh, he, he's a wide receiver from Florida, Florida state. state. Six foot seven, yeah. 237. And pounds. the craziest thing about him is not even that. Dude has 35 and a half inch arms. That's massive. For a receiver. <laughs> That's huge. Like somebody said, who said it? Sikama said this when he did our podcast during the Senior Bowl. He is the Victor Wembanyama of receivers. <laughs> like his, Exactly right. Yeah. Like he just is. And I go back to the Dan's presser or the interview he did with us where he's like, I want guys that, I want freaky traits and I want to find the best way to use them. And yes. like that is the, there is nobody, nobody has ever played the game that looks like that. You know, and so that's really enticing. And then obviously Zach mm-hmm. mentioned him already, Xavier Leggett, like a bigger body down the field yep. type guy. So there are guys later like those. So they're listed on this board and everyone's going to have them differently at yeah. 71 and 72. Those are third round players. And yeah, I mean, trading back like how we did and having all these picks at the top of the second round, I feel like it, we were getting in the luxury yeah. Yeah. at this mm-hmm. point, yeah. which is nice. Yeah. So if you have a Terry and you have a John who we're very confident in, yeah. Why not see what Johnny Wilson can do? But in I think this group? I think this is where like you go back to the big board and you say like, mm-hmm. "Hey man, um, I want I want him on my team, right?" But I can also get Jordan Morgan, 
Kingsley Sumataya, Peyton Wilson, who again on this board are a little bit ranked a little bit higher. Yeah. And then wait, and then in the third round, or I could even trade this pick back hypothetically if there's someone here that I didn't really love. Um, and then I could pick Johnny Wilson, Xavier Leggett in the third round. That's why it's, it's so important to understand how the league views players. Yes. So you don't, mm-hmm. I, I hate the word reach, but it's like you want to get the best player you can at each spot. And you want guys that you think can play football, which I think is important. But, um, but yeah, so yeah, I think it's I, I'm, I'm down with the offensive lineman. I just wanted to point out no, those I, types of wide receivers that they're here. And like, I just, I wanted to talk about Johnny Wilson. Yeah. And then go to the, t- <laughs> and also just, I know, <laughs> I know, fan, I, into the conversation. I know, I know tight ends like tight end is something people are talking about to me. Like this is a class like Jared Wiley's not even on this list and he might be the best guy in yeah. this group. You know, Ben like he's, it's crazy to me. Like he's way down at two. 69 and i just saw on good football players not necessarily top of day to well so what i was going to say is like on this so this is a good example he's 269 on this board i just saw four mock drafts the other day i think one done by mel kuyper one done by um uh daniel jeremiah and he's the third guy on their list right Mm. so like don't just because like you don't recognize like theo johnson he's 157 he's probably the third or fourth best guy in this class you know what i'm saying like there are good football players at that position that again will be there in that third fourth round range you're like yeah we're juiced about those tight ends so (sighs) is it jordan morgan i like king i like kingsley sumatai a lot but again you'd have to do a little bit of like um, and maybe you feel better about this. Maybe you move him to guard, and then you move Kingsley to right tackle. You get bookends for the future. Mm. Although I do think Jordan, I'm going to go Jordan Morgan. I think his upside's a little okay. bit better. I think All his right. upside's yeah. a little bit better uh, at, at guard, Zach. Yeah, you know, at okay. guard. At okay. guard. Yeah. I, I think if you wanted to tackle, obviously Sumatai is the guy you. Mm. I think you feel really good about our line going in the next season. Oh yeah, yeah. And I think there is an option. Like if Jordan Morgan does develop, and the, there's an opportunity for him to move or tackle, you can try him out in training camp, see what he well, does. Kind of like the uh, the Sam Cosme experiment. I think yeah. he played tackle in college. Sure. You see a good athlete, mm-hmm. and then. You let him fail at tackle because that's a more valuable position yep. financially, and then you have a really good guard like you do with Sam. So. Exactly. So I'm going to stay at tackle. Are you finally? Really? I'm going to I'm going to stay there, and I got my eyes on your guys there though. Two guys. Two two guys. Two guys that I that I, that I see more <laughs> of like as maybe short term projects with long term possibly success. Okay. I like it. Looking at Kings Lasu Matea. Obviously, I, I I like him and Patrick Paul. Okay, guys are both kind of green. Yeah, but you talk about some things that you can't coach. Yeah, Patrick Paul is six seven three and thirty three pounds with right. thirty five inch arms. Big, like big old fella. that's a massive dude. And yeah, he is technically raw in a lot of areas, but man, if he gets his arms on you, yeah. and he extends them things, it's over. Yeah, it's it's done. The the rep is done. You he's won the rep. So, but also let me just point this out. How do you say his name? The guy from Yale. Can we try that one more uh, time? Zach? Kieran, a mega DJ. I'm, I I'm, love it. A mega DJ. <laughs> so he's, he's talk, a mega DJ. Obviously, huge projection <laughs> coming from Yale, mm-hmm. and didn't go to the Senior Bowl for whatever reason. Should have probably been there. But a guy that is got that athletic juice that you're looking for. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And so. In the much the same way that Patrick Paul's a project, and yeah. I think Patrick Paul's a technical project. I worry about his foot speed a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't worry about that with I'm a DJ, right? Like he's For got sure. some ability. So I don't like just because so fans know. And then Blake Fisher from Notre Dame is the other guy that I think is really interesting. Played opposite of um, Joe Alt mm-hmm. is a really solid college football player. 
Mm. It kind of reminds me of like Mike McGlinchey. Like he's not as good as Quentin Nelson was, but like will make your football team better. He's not super flashy. It's yeah. not the ceiling of Patrick Paul, not the ceiling of Kingsley mm-hmm. Sumataya. But he like he will he's a plug and play day one guy that'll grade C plus B minus for you for ten or eleven years in the NFL. I hear all that. And I love the public no, play. We're just, we're just, we're yeah, just, for we're sure. just throwing these guys for out. For sure, there. yeah. There's other and, guys that are on the and list. And I think all those guys are really good. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I think you mentioned some of the plug-and-play guys. I think they've, they've got that. But I'm taking a chance on ceiling here. Yeah. And I, I, I just have a feeling that Patrick Paul's ceiling is going to be a lot higher than some of these other guys. So what I would say to this, though, and this is, again, going back to the big board and understanding not only your big board but the league's big board, if this is if this is an analogous, this is PFF, so he doesn't know everything. Trevor mm-hmm. Sigma, he's a smart guy, doesn't know everything. This is 83 here. So I see that 83 on there, and I'm like, that's a third-round player. Sure. And that doesn't feel like outside the realm of possibility. So what I would say is if you like him, don't reach on him. You got Sue Mattia right mm-hmm. here. You can draft him again. You know, like no one's going to be mad at you for taking two offensive linemen back-to-back, I think. And so that's where, again, like understanding the – but if you want them, no, get them. And and here's the thing too. Like that's the thing. Like you're taking the chance. When does right. Washington pick again? Uh, to, we don't know. Pull it up. We have a third third rounder. Yeah, it's being in the third round. But you're also taking a bit of a chance and saying, we think in the next twenty or so picks that guy's still. And this is something else I would consider too. Is like if you like, let's say for example, Zach, you don't like anybody here, right? Like you don't, you're not in love with anybody, but that's your guy. Trade back 10 spots yeah, and pick mm-hmm. up another sixth mm-hmm. or seventh round pick. That's where yeah. like the, cause I know, I know there's somebody who says, Oh, I want Kingsley Sumataya. Right. So they would trade up with you. Right. Or yeah. there's a guy that would want name your defensive tackle edge rusher guy there. They would trade up for that. Mm-hmm. So I think that He's ability, Isaac. Yeah. That ability yeah. to move down uh, with Patrick Paul specifically in this example, especially yeah. again, I, I think this is too low for him, just to be clear with everybody. I think he's mm-hmm. like a bottom of the second guy mm-hmm. because of the upside, but people reach on those guys all the time, right? Yeah. So I'm not saying that this is a bad pick. I'm just saying based on the the layering of it, if mm-hmm. I really believe this and I really understand how the league views this player, I could trade down and, and make my draft a little bit better for me. So I'm going to say something real quick. Yep. When we talk about like reaching or whatnot. Oh, if, yeah, if, yeah. If we're in the second round, right? And we're picking top of the second round. Or yep. Zach's picking top of the second round. You're saying he's bottom of the second round guy. Well, you'd have to trade back. You'd have to hit exactly. It doesn't right? have to be uh, exactly. But like I'm saying. But you'd have, you're betting that none of those teams that you trade behind are going to want Patrick Paul. Yeah. And, and you have to find a trade partner to do it. You can't just say, oh, I want to trade. And, and this, like it happens, yeah, you've got to make this is a another thing I point out too is like it's a two way street. This is why I tier players, right? Like I tier all my guys mm-hmm. instead of doing a big. I do a big board, but I also do a horizontal board, so a cross position. And this is this keeps you from doing something like reaching for a guy like Patrick Paul and falling in love with traits, right? Because if you've tiered them out, right, and you say Patrick Paul is, I have him below Kingsley Sumataya, I have him below name your edge, Adisa Isaac. I'm going to take one of those players before this guy. Now, Zach's board might look differently than mine. Right. So well, the Zach's board could we could be already be in that tier. Mm-hmm. So why not just? But I don't. Him? I don't. Because you're going to drop that. Are we in the that? tier? I mean, are you in the tier? Like after watching this film and stuff? I I I think so. Okay. Yeah, right. I think so. That I mean, that's what I, that's what yeah, I'm trying to yeah. say. I'm not no, saying I, you're wrong no. in your evaluation. If that's how if that's how he feels, I think that's yeah. 100 right. And well, I think, but that's the thing about the draft, though. It's like. When, you, when I look at Patrick Paul, this is the thing. 
arm length, the height, the weight, it's all there. Foot speed, a little concerning. Hand placement, a little concerning. Foot speed, in my experience, does not get better drastically, you know? And so is he going to project to be that that guy, the day one starter that you're talking about? Because there's a little bit of greenness there. Yeah. To me, he feels like a guy sure. who's going to be a swing tackle for a year or two, maybe ends up being a right tackle, and then we'll see. But a more, much more developmental than some, and he, you know, Kingsley Sumatai is developmental too, which is developmental in yeah. a different way. So yeah. I'm not saying this is a bad pick. I'm just saying like, this is why that scouting department here does such a comprehensive job of like rating players. Cause they also want to know, like, it's the thing. It's like, don't fall in love with traits, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Don't okay. fall in love with traits because there are, there are, this is the other thing I'd say is there's no bad picks. If you can justify it. Does that make sense? What mm -hmm. I'm saying? Yeah, like there's no bad pick. And so like for this, it might feel like a bad pick if 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 he gets in here and you know he doesn't work yeah, out. He but, flops, yeah. but but on the day, if you had agreement and consensus that the coaches liked him, whatever, sure. then go for it. You yeah, know? yeah. good. I, and I'm I'm just trying to say no. that like if he's let's say we have Zach has a tier here and there's eight guys in this tier. Patrick Paul's in there. Yeah, it's like. Well, you're saying, I think, yeah, if he's you can trade back eight spots and still get a guy in the tier. If, yeah, right? in the tier. Mm -hmm. But in order to do that, you need a team within eight spots to want to trade back. Yeah. And if you're sitting there, it's like, well, why not? I'm already in my tier. I'll just get the guy I like the best the in best. this tier. Right. And, like, there's no loss there. And I think that that's what Zach's trying to say with mm -hmm. Patrick Paul. Yeah. No. It's like, yeah, I could move back, but... That's Why kind would of moving I? back because for the I like sake of moving guy. back. And I, already got and I think the other thing that's important, too, is like these are luxury picks. Yeah. Yes. So if you want to take a shot, it doesn't need to be perfect. And that's the thing. There's no perfect pick, right? Like I could make an argument for – Xavier Worthy just went to pick before. You could make an argument why that's too high for him or why that's too low for him. Like, mm -hmm. that's the thing. It's like, remember, we're all looking at the same pictures. It's just preference. Yep. Yes. And so, for me, I get a little bit worried about Patrick Paul. I have my reservations about him, so it seems like a risky pick. But what can he do? Right. Yeah. That's exactly right. But also, the same thing with Kingsley Sumatai. So, it's not like either one of those guys are like locks. If you want a lock, you take Blake Fisher. But the ceiling's yeah. not very high. So. Go go to Edge just real quick. I just want to double check to make sure there's someone out there that I don't like more. At edge. Yeah. Because everyone's been drafted. Yeah. You've, oh, you didn't draft. Uh, no one's drafted Adisa Isaac yet. It'd be Linda, Isaac, Isaac and Isaac Braylon, Braylon, Trice. Braylon Trice. Yeah. Marshall I think Nealon still there. I think, I think if you went tackle yeah, here, boy, Zach, I think you'd be doing all right. Yeah, yeah. I think so too. I, I like your pick, Zach. Yeah. I, no, I don't dislike it. I'm just, we're kind of talking Cause draft Because in my, cause in my, my sure. experience, I feel like, Foot speed does get better. It it depends on how much the person is dedicated to getting it better. Right. But and he's very raw. Better. Yeah, he's very raw. But again, I think ceiling high. No, it's 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 yeah. high, but I think the floor is low too. So I think you're going what are you doing? Send in the card. There it is. All right. All right. That's so, our mock draft battle two. Battle two. I feel pretty good about yeah. ours actually. Smooth search. Oh, did you see that? One. We were just talking all this mess. Johnny Wilson went at um, see that's what happened at sixty four or something mm -hmm. like yeah. that, right? So yeah. Smoot search is still going on. He yeah, said he was yeah. on his way. That was an hour and twenty minutes ago. So, All right, so no. just so we want to review the picks, just <laughs> yeah, let's go. Uh, Selby, you go first. Who you pick? All right, so went round Bo one. Bo Nix at quarterback. Bo Nix issues, but we still we still like him. Lad McConkey getting an easy option. Win easy. wins to get man coverage. Jonah Ellis gives us a guy that can rush the passer. Yep. 
A lot of upside there. And then Patrick Paul, a little bit of a project, but the ceiling is very, really, high. Uh, very high. And it's also important to note, it, note, we trade back with Atlanta, so we also have next year's yeah. number one yeah. pick and number two pick. So it's in addition to these. And I think this plays, is a perfect. Right? That's important. This is We're a building perfect draft capital. Iteration of why draft grades are so stupid. Perfect iteration. Because Bonix is a D, right? But we filled the need. He was the best quarterback we thought yeah. available, he's right? Not, he's not a D Right, but it's like they, but based on how this program works, it's like I had him rated at 30th and you picked him way too high. Same thing with Chris Paul. Like, I like Chris Paul. I think he's a good Patrick Paul. Sorry, Chris Paul's brother. That's my bad. That's my bad advice. That's that's on me. But he's an F. But I don't think that's right because if if Zach had him in his building at that, yep, then it's not an F. It fits no. a need. You got to you got to plan for that guy. So it's it just yeah, I draft think, grades don't mean anything. That's what I'm saying. Draft yeah. grades are are silly, and especially ones right after the draft. They need to do a draft grade like three years down the road. See what's Absolutely. going on there. Yep. Our draft picks are Olufuchano at eight. Love that. Darius Robinson at thirty six. Love that. Yep. And then forty Chop Robinson. The what's, Bash Brothers. What's up, Coach? And then forty three Jordan Morgan. Like. We just got so much. The trenches. Better. That's a really just building good, the that's, trenches. That's a good draft for y'all. That's honestly. it's a very good draft. I mean, yeah, I feel like you've locked down the both both sides of the ball yeah. potentially for a long time. Hopefully, and again, I think this is another thing that we need to point out too. Is this is why getting all this draft capital, like even the even the extra pick from Chicago, is so important because you're going to get you know an extra really good football player, mm-hmm. which is awesome. So, but that's what trading back gives you is this opportunity to kind of say, Hey, like think about the team this year surrounded with this offensive line of young players that got to develop. No yep. doubt. Sure. Protecting Sam. Howe, got good skill position players, get a receiver later, man, looks drastically different next year, just from the jump. So that's, that's what trading back gives you. Yeah. So. Yeah. Logan. So we're going to be at the combine. Yes. Ticket to the draft, man. We've got, so if we're going to do like we did at the senior bowl, right? We're going to get going to kind of review the day, who did well, and all the jumps and the running, give all your insight. And then we're going to get some great interviews. We've got some great guests potentially lined up. So make sure you check that out. It's going to be awesome draft combine exclusive content. The only And the only place you can get it is on Ticket to the Draft. Yeah, make sure you uh, subscribe. You won't miss it. Yep. That was a great mock draft battle, guys. It was awesome. All right, fans, leave comments. Let us know who won. Let us know who you would pick. Let us know if you'd trade back. All right, now.